Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. All right, now I'm going to read out of Ephesians 2.10, out of the Amplified. And this is very good. For we are God's own handiwork. I'm just a mess. No, you're not. You're God's handiwork. Did you hear me? You're God's own handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. You're not the old person that you used to be. That Now listen to this. This is the word, the pivotal word, that. You're his handiwork. You're created anew in Christ Jesus, that. Everybody say that. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. You're on a path today. If you're not on the path, you need to get on the path. Which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, walk in the pathway that He has for your life, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You want to live the good life? If you want to say, I want to live the good life. I know you think, why is she making me say so much? Because I want you to remember some things. You want to live the good life? Then you get on that path that has been predestined for you, made ahead of time, before you were born. God created you in the womb. He knew you would be here, and He predestined you on a path, and He put His handiwork in you. And what you accomplish with your life is not what I accomplish with mine. Now, we may have Uh, you know, serve in ways that are similar and we may have similar gifts, but none of us, we're different. We're different. And what you can do, I can't do. And what I can do, you may not be able to do. That's not the point. But if you get on that pathway for your life after you receive this free gift from God, then you begin to serve others in the same way that Jesus Christ, when he lived upon the earth, served. In the same way when Paul and the disciples and the apostles, when they were upon the earth, see, there's not one way for them. You know, that all that passed away. That's a lie of the devil, and don't buy into it. What you see in the Bible is what God wants you to do today in this New Testament. Amen? It's for you and for me. It didn't die out. How unfair would that be if they could experience these things and they could do these things and we can't have a part of it? The 70 didn't believe that. You remember that in the book of Acts? The 70 believed that they could do the works of Jesus. And so now we can do the works of Jesus. And you know, the next generation after us, they can do the works of Jesus if they... Desire and on and on and on till Jesus comes. But we may not do it, but we can. You know, from the outset right here in our church, Redemption Church, you look around here today, and many of you 
have not been here long enough to know this. Some of you at different segments of time, you came in. But I can tell you, when we started this church, we started with no people, no money, no building, and nobody who believed in us but God. And you know, we learned really quick. People were trying to talk us out of it. And the kind of church that we were going to have is not going to be, and that we do have now, is not the kind of church that's down the block. There were no churches like us. None. So we weren't trying to reinvent what someone else was doing. We knew we had a call from God, and we began it. And you know what? To serve the Lord in that way and to say yes with my life, Eddie and I, what we did, it, it was difficult, it was hard, it was all those things, but it was easy to serve Jesus in that capacity. Now, if, when, he, when we were ministering to teenagers and we were ministering to children and we were ministering to people like that in our local church and, you know, they needed this and they needed that, well, we just stepped right in there to serve. We said yes to Jesus to that. If, if you want to have your own ministry, I can tell you the best way to do that is help somebody else in a local church because God set up the local church to equip, disciple the people. And you're helping in that. Let me tell you something. What, what you do in serving the Lord right here in your local church, what you do, you just think, well, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm in security. I'm in the parking lot. You know, I'm, I'm in the nursery with the kids. Nobody, you know, nobody even knows I'm here. I tell you somebody who does. Jesus knows you're there. And he knows whether you're faithful, whether you're responsible in doing what you're supposed to do. Do what your hand finds to do. Oh, I don't want to do that. I want to stand up here on this pulpit. Yeah, that's a problem. I can show you some pride coming out right now. You need some humility. God will place you where you need to go. But it's like I told you, everybody's not standing in the pulpit. Why am I so mean about that? I guess because over 42 years, I've seen everybody in the world try to do it. If you can do that, I can do it. Honey, you don't know. You don't know. And I don't say that to be cute or funny. I say, when you say yes to Jesus for a ministry, a five-fold ministry, you better count the cost as much as you can. You can't count it totally, but as much as you can. Because it's not what you think it is. It's not romantic. It's the best place to be in wherever God calls you to be. You understand it? I look out here today and I see so many in God's army that are so faithful to serve and do things that make life better for this church that make it to where when people come in and they sit down in these seats that they got a clean place to be, that they got a safe place to be. The temperature is set. So many things, 
So there are just so many people here that are faithful servants of God. But Now, I want you to think about serving here, but I want you to go beyond that. I want you to think about serving with your life every day. When you're not in this building, when you are not here to do a specific responsibility in the kingdom in your local church. But as you go out, as you go out into the world, be sensitive to love other people. This is an unlovely world, and I can tell you if, you, if nothing else, you don't even have to say a word. If you just have a good attitude and you carry the love of God in your heart, as you're going, people are going to notice. They're going to be ministered to. It's so good. They'll, you know, they might not say it to you, but inside, it's so good to see somebody smile. It's so good to have, see somebody with a little joy and positive attitude. Why? Because the world's right now is full of fear, torment, anxiety, not knowing what tomorrow will bring. We know what tomorrow will bring. If we're here, God is with us and going to take care of us, and He is in us. If we're there, we're in the presence of the Lord. We know what tomorrow brings. We might not know all the details, but we know God is going to be with us. Now, Jesus taught us about serving and doing good with His own actions. It wasn't just words, it was action. So I want you to think about this as you go about and as you live your life. Yes, serving is here, but it's way beyond here. It's a life committed to the Lord to look around you, be mindful. The Holy Spirit use you in the lives of other people that are suffering and hurting. And uh, this is out of Acts uh, 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were, listen to this, oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Doesn't the Bible say that God is with us too? He lives on the inside of us. He's the strengthener. He's the comforter. He's the standby. He's our lawyer, our advocate. He's all of those things. And he is with us. But here we can see that he went about doing good. Good works. Kind works. Loving works. Why? Because the devil was oppressing people. Well, I don't see the devil oppressing. Well, you don't have any spiritual eyes. I'll just tell you that. Because all you have to do is look within and you'll see all, all that's coming against you. But don't just think it's you. It's everyone. And we all have to withstand the enemy. But people need reinforcement. People need help. Jesus went about doing good. See, good is what we need to be doing. Well, I tell you what, I'm just going to tell you this and tell you that. Well, there comes a time to speak the word, but how does the Bible say speak the word? Nobody knows. Speak the word in love. That's how you speak the word. God's mad at you and he's going to I tell you, sometimes I feel like saying that. 
but I'm not going to do it because that's not the Spirit of God. Amen? That's our flesh. we got to get it under control. We speak the truth in love. Amen? So the devil oppresses, and God inside of us, with us, can help us to minister to people to bring freedom into their life. Sometimes it's salvation. Sometimes it's just a prayer that people, you need to pray for people. You know, um, if it's at all possible, I pray for people right there if I can. It's not always convenient. You can't always do that, and I don't want to embarrass people. I don't want to become a spectacle. But you know, you can pray for people and it not be. People can be looking around. They don't even know you're praying for somebody. You understand what I'm saying? you got to use wisdom in that. And like I said, you don't want to embarrass people and run them away from the gospel, do you? And run them away from God's love and His blessing. The Bible says, by love, serve one another. And that goes back to what I said. If you're hard and harsh, that is not what we need to be. We need to be doing good. We speak the truth in love. And how we serve others, you could say it like this, is through love. We come through love to get to ministry. You come through love to get to ministry. And if you just want to get to ministry and get your pound of flesh, you're not in the Spirit. You're not in the Spirit. But none of us are going to do that, are we? A few said amen. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus' uh, example to us, you remember when he fed the 5,000? I love that story. And, you know, he had been ministering and preaching and his disciples were with him. And all those people, the Bible says it was 5,000 men that he fed plus women and children. So who knows how many were there that day? And the disciples said, we need to feed these people or, or we got to send them away so they can get food, really, is what they said first. And Jesus said, they can't do that. They'll fall in the, you know, they're hungry. We, we got to take care of them. He said, okay, tell me what we've got. What do we have here, man? And they said, we have two fish and five loaves. And I can hear them saying, and what is that among all these people? Can't you hear them saying that? They didn't know what Jesus was going to do. And Jesus said, okay, I have a plan, boys. He said, I want you to sit these people down, and I want you to put them in ranks of 50 and 100. There was an organized plan. See, people today, when it comes to serving, oh, you know, I just want to do ministry. I don't want to do all that organizing stuff. Can I tell you that God is involved in organizing? How could those people be fed if there wasn't a plan? How could we do outreaches if you do not have a plan, an organized way to pull that off? I, I said one time to somebody that, um, that understands management and putting things together. And they said, my goodness, how do you do all this? You do it through the gifts that God has placed in the body. That's how you do it. Them using their gifts, talents, and abilities, and you put those outreaches together. You put ministry together, and you go out and you do things. 
in an organized way and you can pull it off and everybody's happy. It's not in chaos and people mad and upset because you didn't get to them and whatever. No, you get to them. And Jesus knew they had to have a plan. So he set them down and he prayed over the two fish and five loaves and he broke it. He said, okay, here it is. And I want you to take it out and I want you to feed this multitude. You know, if God needs to multiply when you're ministering and you're going out and doing the things that you do, if He needs to multiply things, He can do it. I heard of a woman once and a missionary was in her church and she had said, come over to my house and I'll feed you. When they got there, she didn't have anything but a can of chili. That's all she had. She opened that can of chili. She prayed over it and she said, Lord, you know these people are coming to my house. This is the best I can do. And so she made that chili and all the missionaries and the people that came that night, they had one can of chili and they just kept eating and eating and everybody had enough and they had chili. Nobody was griping and complaining. You mean you don't have chicken? Fried chicken? <laughs> Isn't that what preachers eat? Fried chicken. I love fried chicken myself. But anyway, I interrupt myself, don't I? But anyway, she had enough to feed it. And then I hear the story about a great man of faith. And I, I read this book many years ago. How many of you have ever heard of George Mueller? You ever heard of him? He was a great man of faith. And God moved on his heart and he said, I want you to start an orphanage. So he acquired what he needed. He started that orphanage. And he had, at this time, 300 children. Can you imagine? I have a heart for little kids that don't have parents. Think about that. You know, think about it. And those 300 kids, they found somebody that loved them. They found somebody that cared for them. They found somebody that would feed them and clothe them and give them a good place to stay. And so they were there, and one day they didn't have any food. But Mueller said, okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, he said, I want you to sit down at the table. 300 children and whoever, I guess, was helping him. Sit down. And, you know, everybody was looking on the table. This is my embellishment. You know, I can just see this. You know, they're looking around. Okay, all right, we're sitting at the table. Where's the food? There is no food. And he had been praying, Lord, I know you're going to provide this food. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm serving you. I'm doing what you call me to do. And I know that you are going to supply and so he didn't say one word. You know, sometimes we go everywhere. And if God tells you to say things about your need, then you should do it. We talk about needs here, you know, like this building across the road that we got to do something with and, and all of that. But I'm just saying he didn't go everywhere telling everybody that he didn't have food for these children. He didn't do that, but he did talk to God about it. God... This is your orphanage. These are your kids. I'm doing what you want me to do. And so they all sat down. And when they sat down in a few minutes, you know, everybody's still looking around to see what they're going to be eating that day. And they hear this. 
a knock at the door. Who could that be? The angel of the Lord <laughs> bringing a supply. And at the door, there was a baker there. And the baker came by and he said, you know, I've got all this bread and I just wanted to see if you could use it for the children. And he said, bring it on in. So they put bread on the table. And in a few minutes, there came another at the door. So he opened the door again. He knew that God was going to supply. He didn't have it figured out how it was going to be, but he believed it and he knew it. And so they opened the door. And when they opened the door that day, there was a milkman at the door. And right in front of the orphanage, the cart, because this has been horse and cart long, long time ago, and the, the cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. Oh, that could never happen. It wouldn't happen to you, but it happened to George Mueller. And I would like to think it would happen to me too. Well, really, I've seen it in this church, you know, when there were needs and it didn't look like we were going to be able to make it. And God makes a way. We heard the knock at the door too. Two o'clock in the morning, somebody comes to our house knocking on the door. Two in the morning. And then you know the first thing you think, what nut is this? Isn't it? What would you think? And at first, we're not going to the door at two in the morning. And we look out, you know, can peep out the window and pull the draperies back. And, and we can see that it's someone that we really do not hardly know at all. And they're there. And so Eddie goes to the door and she said, I just have to give this to you. God is, uh, has told me that I'm to put this in your hand. So she had money. She put it in his hand. And I'm telling you, God will meet the need. And he did at two in the morning. But, but Eddie and I both thought, well, I wish you'd hear him during the day. <laughs> but we didn't say that. And we were thankful for what God had done. So the cart with George Mueller in the orphanage broke down there in front of the building where he kept the kids and they had a good life. And he said, you know, by the time I get this cart repaired, this milk is going to spoil. So can you use this milk? It's like, can we use it? Bring it on in, brother. And so those kids were able to be fed that day supernaturally. So just like Jesus, we can, we can live life. And you may be doing other things. You may be going to the nursing home. You may be going here and going there and doing things and serving people, you know, making a way, you know, over here to the shelter for abused women or whatever it is. If you need something, God will make a way. If we need something here in this ministry, we believe, don't we, that God will make a way when it looks like there is no way. How? George Mueller didn't know that day how. He just believed that God would. 
And I believe that too, don't you? In my own life and whatever I do in serving people, I believe God will make a way. And it's not for me personally, it's for other people. And that pleases God. Good things. Do good like Jesus did. Do good like this great man of faith did and help people. And I loved it. I, I know I've got to hurry here, but George Mueller, when these kids, they stayed there until they become grown, you know, and then it's time to go out. They've got to make their own way to make room for other children to come in to the orphanage. And you know what he did? This is the greatest thing. He would put a Bible in one hand and a coin in the other. And he said, this is what you need in life. Take it and go out and do good things for God. The Bible and a coin. He didn't just say, be warmed and filled. He gave them the equipping to do what they needed to do. And to me, that is just one beautiful story, don't you think? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.